Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. I'm your host, Kayleen Elise. My intention is to offer deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. I'm here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and act with inspiration. Let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Celebrate Cultivate. Today's episode is the season five finale, and it's going to be super fun because we have my coach and friend, Emma Natter, on the show to interview me. If you don't know Emma already, she is the founder of the EN School of Creative Entrepreneurship, where she teaches a radical approach to business that starts with the heart, not the customer. Emma has been a guest on the show before, but today we're turning the tables and Emma is going to interview me. Emma, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I love this podcast. I love you. I love everything you're doing. And um, I'm excited to be back because the last time I was here, it was just one of my favorite podcast interviews ever. So I'm just really excited about. I have some challenging questions. I hope that will be fun to to talk through together. Yeah. I'm excited slash nervous because we did not go over the questions in advance. So I will be having, I will have this experience with you listeners of um, enjoying this ride together where wherever Emma's going to take us, we're going to go. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the smartest thing to give me like the reins to your podcast. <laughs> For one episode. <laughs> For one episode. No, I mean, your editors can just cut anything that you don't like anyway, huh? <laughs> this is true. Although most of the time we're only cutting out, you know, the ums, ahs, the sneezes, the coughs, when I spill water, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it'll be, it'll be great. Should I start with some questions? Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. So... I don't know where this question is going to take us. As I was writing these questions, I was like, I think you're just going to be like, I don't know. It just is. Or like, (laughs) like not have strong opinions about it. So that's totally fine if we go there too. So I have this theory that, you know, the things that people end up doing in their life that feels like really aligned, really good, whether you want to call it like your mission or just, you know, your occupation that feels really good or your calling is that they often straddle this line between some of their greatest strengths and some of their greatest struggles. And so I know that you were both an incredibly intuitive child. And yet I also know, and I find really interesting that you have like really advanced sort of like researching skills, high expectations, like, not necessarily some of the personality traits that one would expect from a go with the flow message kind of person. And I find that really fascinating. And I'm curious if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Thanks for that question. It's interesting because you're one of the few people who have pointed this out in like just 
our interactions together because you see me when I'm like wondering what to do with my business. And when I started working with Emma, I was still doing websites. I w- so you've been with me for a long time. And yeah, I would say that there is this like deep rooted tendency that I arrived on planet Earth with to want things to be a certain way. And when I say a certain way, I mean really, really nice and organized and put together. And it's not, it is the way I expect of others, but more so it's what I expect of myself. And that brings attention points often. And it did in school. It did in athletics. Um, it did in my career where there was a lot of times where I would hit a juncture where I couldn't get to what I wanted doing it myself. And I would get really frustrated and in sports and swimming um, that I got labeled the head case. You know, I was somebody who, which is such a terrible term. That's awful. Um, Yeah. Like, oh man. Um, but that like I would my head would get in the way. And I think and if you want to like peel that apart and look at it, it, it was also a compliment because whenever somebody was calling me that, they were they were saying that I could do what I wanted to do and I could be successful in swimming if I would just let my head get out of the way. And mm-hmm. so I think that the work that I do now. I feel really passionately as an intuition coach and as someone who works with people who have a tendency to have strong minds or strong opinions, it, I don't want us to get rid of the mind. And there's like in the woo spiritual personal development, you know, there can be this big like swing to like your mind is bad and the problem here and that your intuition or your soul is, is the answer. And I think that Obviously, I believe really strongly in the powers of the intuition, but I also think that there's so much value in our minds. And so I want to help my clients and myself find peace with the mind, support the mind, be kind to the mind, because we've probably been beating it up for a really long time. And that's kind of where I was is like, I could say like, oh, these traits of mine my initial reaction when you ask that question is like, yeah, I'm a crazy person. Like that's what the, that's what I want to say is like, I'm, I'm like so nuts about certain things. Um, and I say it now in jest, but I don't even like want to say that because it's not true. I'm not crazy. I just like things to be a certain way. And I now can see that that's like, uh, trait of my mind. That's something I, like I said, arrived on planet earth with, but coming into flow and ease and allowing and listening to my intuition and giving my mind evidence that that is an aspect of me that's super valuable and super powerful that has softened mm-hmm. the rough edges of me that I feel are mm-hmm. rough edges. The like Excel, you know, driving like perfectionist tendencies, they're still there, but I can see them with a lot more gentleness than I once did. Mm, I love that so much. And, you know, it really is a gift of yours to be able to see how something could be better. Like I've benefited from that, um, like on, on both sides, like, um, I forgot to mention this, that I'm in your, I'm, we're like, uh, we coach each other yes. in our different areas. Like yes, you are my coach that. and my client. <laughs> yes. And, um, at first I was like, is this weird? And then I was like, this is one of my favorite ways to connect with people is to be like, 
I get to be their coach and I get to be their customer or client or whatever. I'm in the season sessions this year and it's been really fun to see you practicing what you preach because as soon as I got into it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like this really beautiful flowy experience um, that I hear you talking about that you crave and you created it. And yet I also know that there's so much more to come that probably drives you nuts that you're not there yet sometimes. And I see you practicing that ease and patience in like letting things come together. So it's like a gift to see from that side. And then it's also a gift when you give me feedback and you're like, well, I would really like that. And I'm like, I didn't even think of that. And that would be supportive for you and all these other people. So it's, um, anyway, it, I, I love that about you. And I think it's really, um, it's really a, a one of your gifts to the world. And to have that dichotomy of being like, yes, I have really high expectations and I'm also okay with it. Everything not being perfect right now, but I'm curious about, you know, was there ever a point where those came to a head for you where like you were trying, 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 like kind of, you know, <laughs> having some of that, um, mindness, uh, trying to be in the lead, taking control and it didn't get you where you were wanting to go. Like, did that ever come to a breaking point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying what you said. I appreciate that. And I receive it. And I think there's, you mentioned something about like not having it yet. And I'm kind of on this like personal journey, exploring time. And that's like a whole nother conversation for mm. maybe another day. But I want to, in season six the, on the podcast, we're going to get into time uh, because this idea of like not having it yet is, is curious to me. Um, but anyways, to get back to your other question, motherhood in general is really like that one of the places where, as one of my mentors used to say, where the rubber meets the road for me, mm. the ways in which that I had always just operated by default, I really started to see how they didn't serve me. They didn't support me and they didn't benefit my child at all. So that mm. really kind of like snapped me into focus with my first who he's six, almost six now. So he's not like a fully formed human, but obviously I can see more of who he is now than I could when he was a newborn. And I think that there are absolutely traits within him that are huge opportunities for me to learn. And I just saw myself making so much effort in places where if I did less, it would give him space to do and be more. Mm. And that learning really helped me kind of see where in other areas of my life that if I loosened my grip and if I allowed myself or others like space and breathing room and just allowing in general how the same outcomes could come or not. And did it really matter? And it, you know, I think that like the perfectionist in me is so outcome driven that there is like very little satisfaction that comes from that way of being for me. But the satisfaction comes from curating an experience in the moment. And so it was more, it started to turn into more for my motherhood experience. Like, 
how can I make this more enjoyable and easeful? And I just remember so strongly like wanting to be more gentle to Mm. him and myself. That gentle wasn't like a thing that existed. I didn't think the gentle existed within me. And then immediately having this like tiny little person, I was like, I want to be more gentle. And so I think that that is one area where it really kind of came to a head. And then I think the other area is like in a relate in the relationship with my father, when my dad and I were in business together, he recruited me out of my corporate job to help him. And so it was his business, but I was supporting him. And there were just like so many things that I could see needed improvement, needed quotes in my mind that he was like totally okay with. And I just was like running myself ragged and beating my head against the wall, like wanting things to be a certain way, my way. And he didn't want them that way. And it was like not helpful at all for our relationship. (laughs) I was so Mm. frustrated. And I was just like, okay, these are like, I'm learning things. I'm gathering data and I don't, I ended up like leaving for maternity leave and not coming back. And he works with my brother now and it's like so much better for everybody. But it was like this, these intersection with, with these people, (laughs) my baby and my father and like seeing how my pushing wasn't helping the situation. Wow. I mean, that takes a lot of self-awareness to be like, you know, some of the things that have brought you, had brought you the success that you had in swimming and your career in school was actually not bringing you what you wanted in your relationships. Yeah. Like that must've been hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. It was definitely hard, especially because when thing, when you're a certain way and we all have like ways that we are, and we think that we are those things, we think that they are us. And so mm. I was, you know, this like pushy, bossy, hard driving, competitive, like none of these words are words we like to hear, but they were like part of my identity. Mm. And they were things that other people had labeled me up out of, you know, seeing my behavior. And so then I would like match those expectations. And so yeah. I mean, I still have like, uh, you know, I'm like the first person to speak in a group sometimes. And there, you know, there's like aspects of those things where still they're true, but I feel so much more at ease with who I am having released some of those aspects of my persona and my story that like, that was who I was, but it doesn't have to be who I am. And I think that in letting some of those go, it's, allowed me to let other people be who they are. The more that I can accept myself and, and be easy with myself, the more I can be easy with my son and with my dad and with other people. Right. So, so what it sounds like too, is that it's like, you know, this isn't just whether you're going to win this next race or not. Like this is a this is going to affect your, your son. Right. This is going Like the stakes are high here. Yeah. 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 I don't even really let myself think about that, but yeah, you're right. The stakes are high. <laughs> I don't mean that in a pressury way. No, I, I mean like right. to, it's like, it, it makes sense to me that, you know, 
you know, up until this point, it's sort of like, oh, well, if, you know, if this doesn't work out, whatever, if this doesn't work out, whatever, it's probably only really affecting me. And then all of a sudden being like, actually, this is affecting my son. You know, any parent yeah. <laughs> helps, helps any parent really, you know, make the changes they want when they realize, okay, this is, this has a effects outside of just myself. Yeah. And I think that's what like having children for me has like put me in a different place where I look at my childhood differently. I look at my parents differently. I look at, um, so much in a way of like, okay, a lot less judgment, but also more questions sometimes. Like there's absolutely been, I had a conversation with a friend recently about like, now that we are mothers, we look at the experiences we have and we have that feeling of like, how could you do that to your child? Mm. You know, I would never do that to my kid. (laughs) And I know a lot of my peers and clients like have had those same thoughts and those same feelings and that can really mess with you. And so there has been those things that have happened in my brain where I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm going to do my best not to do that. But also I have a very different lived experience than my parents did. So it's not, it's easy to judge. And I really try not to go there, but more so look at, okay, this is information that I can now apply to this situation. And it spills over into my work because so much of what I do with clients is with mothers or, you know, people who have told mostly, I would say right now it's mostly mothers. And it's like, you're just kind of sandwiched in between sometimes like where at this point in life in your thirties or forties, like you're in between a lot. You're Mm. in between your childhood, you're in between your children, your parents might still be alive. Like, you know, it's just like, you're in the mix a lot and you have a lot of information, but you also know enough to know you don't know everything. (laughs) So I think it's just like, And so those tendencies that I had to get back to like the personality traits, like a lot of those aren't useful in this middle zone, you know, like it it doesn't, it's not helpful for me to be like looking at the data so much as like turning inward and trusting myself. Right. Right. So, um, going back to when, when these things kind of came to a head, I'm curious about like what that process was like, um, you know, like how old was your son when, when you were kind of like, okay, I need to make changes. And then what was your process of making the changes and what did that feel like to make those switches? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I just remember, I mean, Owen, our oldest was probably like around six months old when I started to be like, okay, these things, this is like way different. First of all, being a mom was like way different than I thought it was going to be. And I was a way different mom that I thought I was going to be. And so it was like probably around that time of like, oh, we got to like maybe sleep train this baby. Like things are just not happening naturally. (laughs) And like our efforting isn't, isn't, uh, isn't happening. And I, now I have my third and he's eight months old. And so it's been, it's been like a five, six year process. And I feel like Neil, our little baby is like getting the best version of me. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh, you have it. You have it so good, kid. Like I've like, 
you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm a lot better off than I was. I'm not crying every night at 7 p.m. like I was when Owen was a baby. I mean, I cried every night at 7 p.m. about the night Mm. ahead and just like feeling this like heavy weight on my shoulders. I'm sure there was some, you know, postpartum mood situations happening that were unaddressed. And, Mm. (laughs) but it was, it was tough. And I mean, I guess the process was exploring, you know, what was out there and reading books. I remember I read Big Magic to mm. Owen. He sat in my lap and I read it aloud to him. <laughs> and I was be like, a genius. I was like, you don't <laughs> care if I read, you know, Goodnight Moon or if I read Big Magic. As long as I read with my mom's reading voice, it doesn't matter because you're a baby. So I'm going to read what I want to read. And we sat in the chair and, you know, we read the whole book aloud. And it was just, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert is like a fairy godmother. I just think she's so wise and she asks smart questions and she has a way about her that's filled with wisdom. And Mm -hmm. so I, you know, and she does, she does direct you inward, especially in big magic. There's also these concepts about like ideas and magic and business and creativity. And I got really into writing um, about motherhood when Owen was a baby. And I think that that process of experiencing and feeling something and then writing it out and putting it together in like coherent paragraphs and sentences and all of that, like was the external and the emotional and then bringing it into something a bit more like practical and precise. Um, And so that was really a helpful thing that I did. I was part of a program back then called Year of Creativity. And it was like filled with writing prompts and all of these different useful, helpful things. And I was part of a community of women. And I just think that bit by bit, I kind of walked the... pro Like it was a process that I walked through without any sort of like master plan or any sort of like big end goal. But it was just like, what's happening right now isn't working. So one step forward at a time. Yes. I'm just imagining, like I've heard your story plenty of times and I know motherhood was like a huge kind of turning point in your life, but I think I've never really sat with that and really appreciated what it's like for a really high achiever to then completely switch and go to full-time caretaking mother. It was a trip. It was a trip. And, you know, I always wanted to be a mom and I I picked, I got my degree in elementary education. Like I thought I wanted to work with kids. I always babysat growing up. I taught swim lessons. So I was very like intertwined with children and I I, like love babies. I'm not somebody who's like, oh, the baby phase isn't for me. I really like kids. Like I love babies and I actually don't hate pregnancy. And so there's so much of it about it that I really enjoy. But yeah, where I get like my sense of self and my sense of accomplishment and like self-esteem and all of that isn't really through motherhood. And I know some people that is their experience. Um, And I also have a very challenging relationship with my mom and with that is my lens of what motherhood is. 
you know, yes. like that's what you so know you're like through redefining so like, everything, every step. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a few aspects, definitely like, it's not all bad. So there was definitely like a few aspects of my growing up that I'm like, Oh, okay. That was cool. And that was good. And I have strong ties to my family. It's not like, like I said, it's not all bad. Um, I'm not trying to like swing the pendulum completely to the other side, but there is a lot of combining like my growing up, but also my personal tendencies. Like there's a lot that I wanted to like counter (laughs) and go like, go in a little bit of a different way. And it's still unfolding. Like it's still happening. Like, oh, and it's just in kindergarten. Like, okay, what happens when we like have to do the science fair? And what happens when they're in in real sports and competing? And like, there is going to be so many more opportunities to, to like, find what is right and good for us together in the moment. And, um, I'm really thankful that I have a family situation with Adam, my partner, and just where I am in life that I do have the opportunity to, to work and to get to do my work because I really feel like my, my intuition gave me this visual in a session when I was a client one time that my career and my motherhood journey are braided together. It isn't like oh, a, wow. two separate entities, but it's, it's intertwined. And that's really stayed with me because it does feel like they both, they're both necessary aspects. Like you can't have a braid without multiple pieces and bringing yes. them together. That feels really good and right for me. And in the early phases of my motherhood journey, I didn't, I wasn't working outside the home. I was a stay at home mom. So I think there was also just like, I had to walk that path to get to the place where I am now to see the value in it. Yeah. I mean, so many like amazing things that you just talked about, like, like when one thing is just, you know, like you talked about as like a really high achiever, there's like so much, even when it's with kids and all the other things, like there's all this kind of external validation and, and sort of sort of shorter mile markers where you can be like, wow, like I did that. This mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, when you transition <laughs> to full-time caretaking of your children, um, the, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know, even the big, you know, milestones where you're like, we finally sleep trained our baby. It's like, if you don't take the time to celebrate that and, and choose the celebration of it, uh, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I also, it's pretty incredible to hear you talk about how your career and motherhood are intertwined. I think that's a, a pretty radical understanding of how the two can work together. And a lot of the listeners of this podcast don't get to see what I see, which is that, um, you know, when, when you are working on your business, it is always very, you know, even when you're kind of like, oh, I feel behind or, um, you know, I I didn't have enough time to work or whatever. It's always very clear what place the business has in your life. And then it's not taking over, which is really hard for entrepreneurs to not let it take over their life. And, um, you know, it's always, you know, you're always balancing and I don't really like the word balance, but integrating like, uh, time for work with time that you want to spend with, um, members of your family and friends and other pursuits that you have. 
And so, and, and often when, you know, we've talked about this before, where some of the people we look up to women who've had really amazing careers, a lot of them don't have kids. Yeah. And so, and so it's sort of like, okay, well, does that mean I have to choose two between an awesome career and having kids? And, and so to see that, that those things can support each other, you know, you can show up for your best self with your kids because of the work you're doing in your career. Um, that's something that I see it, it, in, in my relationship with my kids too, is that it's like, this is actually helping me be the mom that I want to be, that I have this time to, to work on this stuff that I want to work on. And that matters to me and kind of, um, that it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think the flip side of that and where I see a lot of people struggle is like having those different aspects of your life, the different elements of your life. If you're not a mom, like still, you know, we all have like different pieces of our lives. And when we're not, when we're in one feeling guilty and bad that we're not in the other. Mm. And it's like, we can't, we can't be everywhere at once. And one of the reasons why I love podcasting so much, especially this style conversation with another person is like, you and I aren't on our phones right now. And we aren't like juggling multiple things. We're doing this one thing right now and having a really, it's like a real conversation. I think that's one of the reasons why people like listening to podcasts is because you're getting to tap into that authentic one-on-one connection that we so often don't have anymore these days, unless we're like so vigilant about it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the real learning and opportunity is to be where I am when I'm there in my business or with my children. And it is like a boundary for sure, but it's also just this acknowledgement that each experience is richer and more enjoyable for everyone involved, even when they're having a tantrum or even when I'm like beating my head up against a wall because I can't figure out something in my business. It's still a richer, better experience if I'm just like in it. And so it's um, tricky when you try to have your feet like in a lot of different places. And so I just try to keep that in mind and set myself up in ways where I can just do one one thing at a time. It doesn't always happen, but that's a it's what I try for. Yeah, I I, I mean it's it's very inspiring um, because you know, knowing that you are very particular, it makes it so it's like, oh, maybe if I tried a little more like that, I, you know, I can, I can feel a little bit better too. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not as particular in certain things. And so then I'm not aware of opportunities. And then it's like, oh, okay. I can set myself up like this. And, and then I, I can experience that as well. Yeah. So anyway, I I was in a meditation uh, the other day and the teacher said, be really fussy about how you set yourself up. And I liked the word fussy and he's Mm. like Scottish or something. So, you know, he had like a cute little accent and he said, be fussy about the way you set your body up. And so I think I am kind of by default, a slightly fussy person in terms of like how I set myself up. And when I set myself up in a fussy way, it feels really good because then I'm I can drop in wherever I am. So like if the house is a total disaster, I, if I find, if I see myself complaining about my house being a disaster, if I notice it, 
then I try to do something about it as opposed to just like, I had this whole revelation a few years ago because I was obsessed with the dust bunnies. They were driving me crazy in my house. (laughs) And I had the, the like brilliant insight. Like, oh, when you see the dust bunnies, you can vacuum. And it like <laughs> cracked me open. I was like, oh, okay. There is a solution here, you know? And it was like, then I I would vacuum, the dust bunnies were gone and I could see the clear floor. And so like my, I just feel my intuition was like, dust bunnies are an aspect of life that you can fight and hate, or you can just take care of them. <laughs> I still laugh, laughed now at myself when I'm like, oh, the dust. And I'm like, oh, there's a solution here. An easy one too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love that so much. It's like, I think you know me well enough. Like I'm kind of a messy person. Like I don't, I don't really mind um, having things around. It's like, I don't notice until later. And um, I think just even you know, spending time with you, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is actually going to serve me all along the way. If I have things like put away and organized, I know it sounds like, it sounds really dumb. It's like, shouldn't you have learned that, you know, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, but I, I feel like it's like, like, like cleaning up has always just felt like a chore or like, this is something that you're supposed to do because, you know, somebody else will judge you. They come in your room and see that it's a mess. And, and like learning from you is that it's like, oh, our, uh, our environment matters, um, getting things set in their place the first time or doing your best the first time. And even if it's not perfect, that's okay. Um, like it, like it matters. It's an investment in, in your future and allows you to be, I don't know, have a better experience now. And as somebody who's who is like, I'm pretty messy. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, I'll just kind of do this scrappy. Um, which is also fine. Like, I think there's some cool things about that, but sometimes then when I look back and it's time to do the organizing, I feel a lot of shame about it. Um, and so anyway, just like seeing the way that you do your life, or at least the, the intention that you put into it and the way that you try to make everything so organized. I I often find myself being like, why is, why is that such a big deal? Why is that? Why is she making sure everything is like perfect? And then it's like, you know, months down the line, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I would have done that with her too. Like now she's got this and this and this, and like things are falling into place. And I don't know. It's like, uh, the things that, um, you're really intentional about. I think it's really easy for the world to kind of be like, that's not that big of a deal. And, but like, you know, that it makes a big difference. And I don't know if this is making sense, but it just, it feels like a big deal and the world makes it feel like it's not a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And even like what you said, like, oh, I should have learned this 20 years ago. I mean, there's things about all of us that like are, you know, like things that were like, I should already have that figured out. I should already know the answer to that. And it's like, no, you know, we get, we like, you've learned other things and you've had other experiences. And yeah, I mean, there's like a fine line with all of this because you can take it to the extreme. And I have, you know, there's this whole idea in like the manifesting, like Abraham Hicks 
community of like finding alignment before taking action. And when I got into that and I became obsessed with chasing the alignment. So everything had to be just so because that's how I found alignment. And it's like, Mm. if you are spending so much time setting yourself up to find alignment, you're never giving alignment the opportunity to find you. And so there's like, yeah, I try to keep like things tidy and and whatever, but I also try really hard to not let that add stress to my life and not add more shoulds. Like as you're saying all this, there's like a denim shirt sitting on the floor right here next to me. And I'm like, well, Emma doesn't know that I actually... you know, am a messy person. And when Adam and I were first (laughs) dating, uh, well, first of all, my mom used to call me a pack rat. And when I was a kid, I like refused to clean my room and loved having a lot of stuff. And even when Adam and I were first dating, my apartment was the messy apartment. So when we were like deciding where we would want to hang out for the night, we would always pick Adam's apartment. And one time my grandparents came to visit from out of town and we never went to my apartment because I hadn't had a chance to clean it yet. And so his place was just the cleaner place. So it also, you know, like we all have our things and it definitely, I think in when I am alone, when I'm living alone, I have a higher tolerance for mess, but that's another place where motherhood and partnership really kind of like shifted for me is like energetically, I guess, which I don't usually like use that term, but I do not enjoy other people's stuff. (laughs) So it was Mm. like, I just need that like, if, because I want to be present and I want to be with my kids and I want to be with Adam. And so if there's like a pile of stuff in the corner, like Adam's favorite solution for tidying up is to put things under the bed. And I'm like, you cannot put stuff under the bed. And I don't know why. I don't think that it's a good, that's not, because I know there's stuff under the bed. <laughs> so we're all, we all have our things. I'm not that clean. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Um, so, okay, I want to go back to Owen is about six months old. You're mm-hmm. starting, you're reading Big Magic. You're writing. I'm curious about what was difficult. Like, how did you know that you were starting to change? And how did you keep cultivating what you were doing? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It the like what I just heard is it wasn't so much a change as a remembering and like a returning to who I like my true self. And I think that Mm. that's one of the things as we evolve and grow as humans, there is kind of this um, tendency I see in my clients and friends, and I'm sure myself as well, that like when you're a certain way, you've like committed to being that way. And there's a a desire to not change, even though like we grow and evolve as humans until the day we die. And who knows what happens after that? We probably continue to grow and evolve. And I, I'm a, I'm a follower. I don't even like that term, but I have followed Jess Lively's work for a really long time. And she is somebody on her podcast and through her courses, she has like explored different concepts. And I really remember I was enjoying her podcast. I think when I was pregnant with Owen and following her work in that time font. And 
she said something about how like, it's okay if we change, we're allowed to change and you can change your mind on small things and you can change your mind on big things. And it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. And just having, hearing somebody else say that was like, okay, that's good. Like, I like that. That sounds right and true for me. And so I, like going back to that time, it was like seeing what was uncomfortable and what was not working for me and knowing that those were kind of like my default personality traits and things that were just happening by default. In motherhood, oftentimes the things that happen by default are not necessarily my preference and not necessarily like aligned with my true soul. It's like that gut reaction where I say something that I heard my parents say. And then I recognize like, oh, I don't, that is that, I don't think that's true or I don't want Mm. that. And so I think it's like this remembering and this returning to like the, the deeper pieces of me that motherhood kind of opened the pathway to that. And then how did I keep going? I think that I have always really found the idea of inspiration thrilling and interesting. And so I just, I followed what was inspiring me and what was, what was intriguing to me and let that kind of lead the way, which I think inspiration is one of the ways that my intuition speaks to me. And I'm sure others as well is like the stuff that you're like, wow, that's really cool. When you see someone else do it, or you hear about something like that's important information from the depths of you. Like, and especially when it's like something that you're inspired by that you're like, huh, what? I didn't know. And that in, in my business journey, there was a time when a woman really liked my blog and the motherhood essays that I was writing. And she reached out to me and asked me to help her write um, some copy for an event that she was starting. And she was asking me what my rate was. <laughs> And she like wanted to hire me. And I was like, um, (laughs) what? And this is like, I think, um, Merit was about six months old at this time. So maybe two, Mm. about right after like, oh, and they're two years apart. So two years after this. And it was like, oh, okay. I started to see how in rooms and in gatherings with friends, all of my friends who are moms also were working. Like I wasn't naturally gravitating towards this you know, group of stay-at-home moms. Those weren't the people that were like inspiring and resonating, or maybe they just weren't the people that were like in proximity to me. But it just, I had always imagined that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And then I started to really find that I didn't know any stay-at-home moms. And that I had one friend then that was a stay-at-home mom. And then the rest of them were all working and a lot of them creative. And so I just kind of just like I said, one step at a time, let it unfold, followed that inspiration and, and answered the invitations that came to me, which that one really came out of the blue. And then I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I'm a copywriter now. I guess I can write for businesses. And I got another client right away, not trying. Then it just kind of kept going. I love that. And what I'm seeing in my mind is kind of nurturing that, that, part of the braid and you kind of had to like let go of what you were braiding with and then you only had one maybe one kind of strand and then like choosing to continue cultivating this and being like okay this doesn't necessarily you know I don't know how big magic is going to take how we're going to go from big magic to something but each little step along the way is you continue to follow that is what I'm hearing 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's like, in my life, there was always this like drive to have like the plan and have everything make sense. And when I became a mom, I realized like, I don't have control over the whether or not I get to sleep at night. I don't have control over whether or not this kid's going to stop crying. Like I have so much less control of my life right now. And then, you know, like over the last several years and kind of exploring life and consciousness and some of these other, it's like, do we even really have any control? You know, like I was just talking to a friend the other day and she really wants to um, have her her, she's on a contract position with a company and she wants it to be permanent. And I was like, you realize that no job is permanent. Like that is such a false word. And so I think I've just come to this place where right now the plan and like the long-term vision is much more fuzzy and I'm okay with that. And I'm allowing it to like the beauty to be foggy and just really focus on like what I can see here. I mean, that's a world of difference <laughs> yeah. from, from what was important to you, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, how does that feel? Like, what's the difference in like how, how it makes you feel? And of course it's like, you know, you're allowed to change and grow and it's yeah. not that like how you were before. It's like, that's wrong. And this way's right. But I'm just. Yeah. I'm just curious about, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the phase of life that I'm in lends itself to this different perspective. And that's something that I've encountered a lot in working with my clients is that so many of us have like checked the boxes of the list. And I mean, aside from people getting divorced and then having, you know, this like new care to finding another partner, like so much is already baked in. There's a lot less variability here in like what my day is going to look like and what my life might look like. Now, of course, again, nothing's permanent. So that could all change. But on any given day, like I wake up in the morning and I know that I've got to get the kids ready to go to school. Like there's just so many things that are just baked in where I had a lot more possibility. And like, (laughs) but in my twenties, it was like, okay, I just, I just really, really want a boyfriend. (laughs) I just really, really want a husband. I want my boyfriend to ask me to marry him. Like there was just like so much more wanting for that next step. And I'm at a point now where those next steps aren't they're not there the way that they were before. And so it it feels like a lot more of like an open field versus like a path. And it feels, I can see how uncomfortable and miserable a past version of me could be in this place. And I'm really, really thankful for all of the wandering and all of the wondering and all the questions that I used to have and all the books I've read and the studying I've done to be in a place where I'm here and I've let some of that go. It doesn't exist in me anymore the way that it did. Not to say that it doesn't come back every once in a while, but then when it does come back, I'm like, oh, hey, old friend, like I have your number. I know what you're all about. (laughs) And I have tools and resources to like shake that out and let it move through the way I didn't use. I didn't have that before because I had to kind of gather it. I mean, that that's amazing. (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) it really is there's there's just so many 
people in a in a similar situation looking for that the kind of peace and magic that you are cultivating for yourself and helping others to do as well mm, thank you I've, it's like I see you as like this like uh like sentinel kind of it's like you're 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 speaking the words you're like walking walking the walk as well you know I think sometimes it's like there's so many things about your message that is in it's not in the loud you know banging pots like message it's like this slow burn and yeah Yeah. (laughs) and um in like such a fast-paced world sometimes it can be hard to believe that like no no that what you're looking for and you're chasing like like let's do these little small practices, um, every day. This is, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a practice, not a, not a goal to be reached. Yeah. Which, and the, the mind is like, that is not satisfying. I mean, our minds, I think maybe aren't necessarily like guaranteed to have that, that drive and that desire, but certainly in the society we live in and in the spaces that we try, so many of us travel in and being on Instagram or wherever else, mostly Instagram, you know, there's just this like, do, 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 do constantly a push. And especially in entrepreneurship, I mean, if you're trying to gather information on how you should go about building your business or even in your corporate career, you know, there's just so much pushing forward. And I, I think maybe I've gotten my 10,000 hours of pushing forward. Like, I think I, (laughs) you know, I like I've earned my stripes in that. And that probably gives me a leg up against the common, you know, like average woman in her at 37, because like I was insanely competitive and successful in swimming. Like I never got a gold medal at the Olympics, but I trained with Olympians, you know? And Mm -hmm. then I was in a super, super fast-paced competitive career and I worked 80 hour weeks and no, I didn't work on wall street. Like there's definitely like another echelon that like you Mm -hmm. could go to, but I was in, you know, I did it. And so I think like, it's also this like point of exhaustion that I've reached on some of those pathways that my body and my like my system was like we're not we're done (laughs) with yeah and so a lot of that that crops up I see it and it's like a -a whack-a-mole like I'm like no 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 that's not for me (laughs) um but I used to get you know I used to get pulled into the hype I mean I certainly was for a really long time (laughs) yeah I can relate I feel like you've been around a lot of the visualizations that I've done over the last like year. I'm just like sleeping, yeah. laying down yeah. and I'm just like, or like half of them at least. And I've always been like, that's nice. I need to rest. And then it's like, actually, I think like, no, like I really, really need yeah. to be more intentional about this, about what this is. But yeah. I, I, I love that so much. And I, I think it's easy to see you and the way you know, the wisdom that you have and wisdom that you share on your podcast and on your Instagram. And it can be easy to think, um, well, that's just the way Kayleen is. Like, I didn't know you pre motherhood and these, Mm -hmm. 
moments. And so when I see that, I'm just like, well, that's just the way she is. She's just so Zen. She's so wise. She's got all this wisdom. She's so patient. She's, she's, she's pursuing the magic. Um, and it's easy to forget that, that this has been a, a process, a daily practice. I'm sure lots of days where you, you, didn't do it the way that you wanted to and learning and continuing to practice this way of, of, of living and navigating this time in your life. And anyway, I, I think it's uh, really inspiring. I want, I, I guess I want people to understand that this is, these are choices that you're making. This isn't just that, that you were just born this way. Oh, I was born the opposite of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's hard too, because I, you know, I've been on Instagram for over 10 years and the, that space has changed so much. Obviously it changes every day. And <laughs> the, like, there's always been a very conscious choice on my part to, make it a place that feels good for me. And so, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm not the person that you're going to go to for like a mascara running, crying on camera confession of of Mm. what I just did wrong because that isn't, that doesn't feel good to me. And so, you know, it's like, it's a dangerous walk of like, how authentic do you want to be? And like, what does authenticity online even mean? But like, what, how much do I want to share? But I'm definitely more of the mind of like, the college professor who you think is like really, really cool who has their like act together, but like, you know, that they don't have everything put together. <laughs> like that's kind of the, the, like what I, you know, what I like, I try to in smaller spaces on the podcast and one-on-one with clients, like definitely let you know that, Hey, like I just, I mean, in an episode not too long ago, I talked about how I forcefully strapped my screaming four-year-old into her car seat. Like I am a human mother and I will put you in your car seat if we got to go places and it's a hundred degrees outside. So I'm going to sweat on you while we do it. And that's not, you know, like in my idea of like what a super Zen, like that isn't me. Like I don't talk in hushed tones to my children constantly. Like I am the yeller in our house for sure. In fact, I'm so much of a yeller that my daughter says, Adam, like Adam's range of emotion is very small. And my range of emotion is very deep. (laughs) And so if Adam looks at a kid sideways, it makes a significant impact on them. Whereas they're very used to my ups and downs. And um, you can make a case that one is better than the other, but you know, it's just how we both are. So whatever it is, it is what it is. And Merit says, um, you know, by accident. So she says by purpose. Mm. And so she says to Adam, you yelled at me by purpose because when he raises his voice, it's by per- or by purpose on purpose. And when I raise my voice, it's just by accident because mom, just, <laughs> that's just how she is. So yeah, but I don't bring that. That's not like those, the, the pieces that still need healing, the, the pieces that are like messy. I don't always put those at the forefront because 
those aren't the pieces that I'm trying to spend time with in myself. It's not that I want to shove them away in the corner. Like I said, I don't want to put my mind or any of the the undesirable aspects of myself. I don't want to push them away, but they are also aren't the pieces that I'm trying to spend time with and cultivate and enjoy. They are, I allow them. I'm really trying hard not to beat them up. Like, you know, it's okay that yeah. I get upset, but I also, I think because I'm so okay with it now, I also don't feel as much of a need to share it. As right, I right. Like if I this used isn't to like bad the... about it. Mm. I don't feel bad about it anymore. I'm like, Merit, next time I will try to be more calm, but I did yell and I am so sorry. And it's okay that you had a hard time. It's okay. I had a hard time and yeah, it's okay. Yes. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, I'm such a bad mom. Not, not to like belittle anybody who feels that way. It's not that at all. I have felt that, um, but I don't want to feel that because I'm not a bad mom. Right. I love your sentinel-ness, <laughs> even in all the imperfectness. I don't even I, know what a I'm sentinel so is. Can you tell me what I don't is? even really know. <laughs> I just like, I'm imagining like, like kind of like a pillar. Okay. And like, like a... <laughs> I receive it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like your, your, your leadership for people who are navigating this stage of their life. Um. I think is so important and um, it's just life-changing for everybody. So thank you for what you do. And thanks for letting me interview you today. <laughs> thank you, Emma. I so appreciate that. <laughs> thank you for helping me share some of my messier sides of myself. <laughs> the yelling, messy, shirt-throwing person that I am. <laughs> I so appreciate you. And I mean, if you're ever looking for somebody who's not at all like me, but also has some magic and some woo in business, definitely check out Emma and her work because there's just the way that Emma looks at the world and the way that she looks at entrepreneurship and creativity and business. It's been so illuminating for me. I haven't, I don't resonate with the hustle, like push, push, push culture. And so to find a coach who encourages me to look at my intuition and trust myself and will provide beautiful meditations and guidance on journaling and ways to bring my essence of who I am into my business, that has been just so valuable. So thank you for all that you do. And if you're interested in that listener, go check, check out Emma's work. She's great. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So you can find Emma at emmanatter.com. And looking ahead, the doors for the season sessions will be opening soon. Of course, you can enjoy Magnetize anytime. If you are looking to manifest in alignment with your intuition, you can sign up at kayleenelise.com. Or if you want to tune into your intuition on a daily basis and strengthen that connection over three weeks, you can join 21 Days to Intuition for free. This is it for season five of Celebrate Cultivate. Season six is coming, but I do not know when. So we will all be along for the ride in seeing when the next season comes. But for right now, what I want you to know is that you are doing so well. You are guided on the path to your desires. So stay curious, watch for magic, 
keep listening to your intuition, play with trusting the beautiful wisdom you receive. And when you act, let inspiration flow through you, even in the smallest ways. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.